Hey you guys, welcome back to Ways to Live Podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Um, I just wanted to start this out by just reminding you guys kind of why I started this podcast and it's mainly because I love people and I have loved listening to stories my entire life and I've always been really intrigued by people and the guest that I have today is someone that I have been intrigued by and inspired by and wanted to talk to for a while. He's actually Savannah Gallagher. So I had her, my first interview was with her and it's actually her little brother. His name is Easton Allred. And I remember, you know, years ago, she posted something about how her little brother was launching a book. And I looked into it a little bit more and I realized he was launching this book at just 15 years old and it was selling on Amazon. And I was just mind blown. I was like, what? You can do that? You know? And I realized, you know, he started this, made this book at 15. She started a business at 16. And they really just created this paradigm shift in my head. They don't really have like, you know, age doesn't stop them. If they want to do something, they just do it. And um, Easton has also had a really successful podcast at 14. He's a super accomplished runner. He's done so much in his life. And then he's just like a really, he was so fun to talk to. I was actually kind of nervous going into this interview because I've never interviewed like a, this young of a guest before. But he was so mature and wise in his answers. And you could just tell that he knew a lot from lots of interactions with people, but also just a lot of experience in his life. He's not only, you know, it hasn't been all sunshine and roses. He has gone through quite a bit of adversity. He struggled with anxiety, and I want you to listen really closely. If you have anxiety or you know someone who does, he gives amazing tips for how to move forward through that. Um, We talk about, you know, his passions and finding your passion and also connecting with people and how relationships are the most important thing. And he just really blew me away. I've been thinking about his podcast, going back and editing it. I was like, I forgot how many gems are in here. It's just really amazing. Um, And then he's also just hilarious, like total normal high school kid. I felt so bad when I was setting up this interview. I... His name's Easton, and I called him Ethan in the text like a few times, and I kept doing it. Like, and he would he corrected me once, and then I caught myself the next times, and I was like, I don't know why I'm calling you Ethan. I know your name is Easton, and then again, like on the podcast, I had to edit it out, but I called him Ethan, and he just laughed about it, and he's like, well, maybe I should change my name to Ethan, and told me how, you know, he's struggled calling other people different names too. So I thought that was really cool of him not to like be bugged by that. And just like, I don't know, he's just, he was a really great guy. So fun to have on the podcast. I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Make sure that you, you know, share this with young people that you know, anyone that you know, especially young people. He gives great advice to high schoolers. Check out his book, Fueled Tips for Teens, um, his podcast, Fueled. He also has a YouTube channel that's really amazing. And then just following him on Instagram at Easton, All- Easton Creed All Red. I'll have all this linked in the show notes. But thank you so much for being here. We'll get right to it now. Here is Easton Allred with Another Way to Live. All right, Easton, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, so you're you're in California right now and you're going to have your race today, right? Yeah, tonight and uh we're just in Folsom. It's beautiful out here. So, yeah. That's amazing. And are you feeling good? 
Yeah, I'm feeling great. There's a lot of races where I get sick before and don't feel well, but I'm feeling well rested and ready to go today. Wow, that's awesome. I'm super excited for you. I'll be, I'll be excited to hear how it goes. Um, and thank you so much for deciding to do the podcast today on such a big day for you. Um, I think it's cool. Easton told me that he wanted to do this today because it kind of helps him get his mind off the race, which I think is a cool strategy. So thank you so much again for coming on. I just wanted you to share a little bit about yourself, like your name, age, where you're from, and, you know, a little bit about you. Definitely. Yeah, so I'm 18. I just graduated from Corner K in high school. Got to do the COVID graduation with the class of 2020. And I'm headed to BYU to run for their team in the fall. And I am super into entrepreneurship and all things personal development. I had a podcast for a little while and I have a YouTube channel that I do right now. And it's uh, kind of a mix between personal development, entertainment and, uh, and running education. But yeah, it's pretty fun. And uh, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. For those of you that don't know, Easton is also, I interviewed his sister um, she was one like my first interview on the podcast, and I, obviously I've been a big fan of her for a while. But then I found out about you through her, and I was like, "What is going on? This like amazing family of entrepreneurs! Like I need to know more about them and kind of their mindsets and where this is all coming from." So I've wanted to interview you for a while, and uh, so I'm really excited. Like Easton said, he he does a lot of stuff right now I think that's a little bit abnormal for someone your age and all the things that you've accomplished so it'll be cool to dive in and figure out like why you've decided to do that so let's talk a little bit about like your family I, I wanted to know like a little bit more about them and like the kind of relationship you have with them I have four sisters and all of us are very close which I think sometimes is hard to do when you're the only boy in a family of all girls but um, I've, I've been really grateful for all of them. They've all taught me a lot. And we all live in Utah right now. Savannah is actually moving out to Arizona with her husband. But um, me and my brother-in-laws are both really tight. We all went to Japan. Uh, just did a brother-in-law trip to Japan, like, I think last year. And uh, we're always hanging out, playing spike ball. And everybody's just really close. And, and uh, I think that they're my biggest cheerleaders. And I hope to be theirs as well. And it's, it's a good family dynamic for sure. That's awesome. We're, we're super blessed to have that. I have, so I have four brothers. And I don't have any sisters. So I wanted to ask you about that. Because um, I know what it's like being like the only, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm the only girl and you're the only boy. I wonder, has that like posed challenges for you or has it been like, and like, what have they been or what have the blessings been from that? Yeah, I think that there's, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages. I would always get outvoted. Like when we were on long car rides, I would just be watching like princess movies the whole <laughs> way down and it'd be brutal or, or like so many chick flicks. So that's been brutal, but I, I do have two really cool brother-in-laws now and like having them is amazing. And I think that my sisters have taught me how to be more emotionally aware and that's been huge. Um, like, and then the other thing is, is having emotional siblings has really been helpful for me as well because I've been through a lot of challenges in the last year and a half. And I think that having brothers, wouldn't necessarily like be as comforting as it is having them and they they understand and they're more compassionate and I think that it's been helpful to have that and they've also taught me to how to have that as well 
Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I know. I try to teach my brothers a little bit about like emotion and like that compassion, but it's like it's harder for them to like understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, for sure. I'm glad that you have that. I think it'll be a blessing for the rest of your life. So that's really cool. But my brothers have also taught me a lot of cool things. So. Thank you. That's yeah. <laughs> and, and my sisters have always had cool guy friends that like kind of get to be those that example for me as well and like I'm really close to my dad too so I have I have both sides for sure that's awesome so you've accomplished a lot of things that other people wait to do till later in life like was that because of um just something that you feel like is innate or do you think it's something that maybe your family like an environment you've created where you guys just push each other to do stuff or like tell me about that I think both like I was definitely born a little bit obsessive <laughs> like that's like that's kind of my personality a little bit but um my my family has definitely cultivated a culture around around achieving and and, and I guess more than achieving is just like creating like doing things that we that we want to do and like I think my mom, especially both my parents, though, have taught us to do whatever we're passionate about, and and they've never really seen a reason to wait for it. Neither have I. I guess, like in high school and when you're younger, you have way more time to make lots of mistakes. And if you make lots of mistakes, then your parents are there to cover you. You're not paying for rent, and um, I I think it's a really good time to explore different things well being able to have parents as a backup so i've loved doing that and i think we did we did homeschool for a little while and that was one thing that we wanted to do when we were homeschooled my parents were like okay like we're down to homeschool but it's not going to be this you have more times or more time to play video games or whatever like we're going to homeschool so you have more time to work on what you're passionate about and do things that are pushing you forward rather than just the average thing that everybody else is doing that's awesome so how did you find out like okay, this is what I'm passionate about. You know what I mean? That's that's a good question. And that's something I've thought about a lot because it's changed as I've gone through my life. Like my first big passion was basketball. And I think I just, I think you just find something that you like. Everybody likes something. And once you find something that you like really like and you're good at, you just decide to dive deeper into it. Like I don't think there's really any big secret is just finding a combo of what you like and what you're good at and deciding that you want to get really good at that and that you can um, achieve some sort of goal with that. And maybe that goal is monetizing and making money. And maybe the goal um, is just to become a more well-rounded person, but either way, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's really any like huge secret to it, but it was first basketball for me. And I just decided to go all out. I would play three times a day, every day for about two hours each time. And I just fell in love with the sport, but then that changed to running and, and YouTubing and um, podcasting was also one of my big passions. And so I think it's really cool that you're doing this. It's just um, anything that you can do to be moving forward and something that you're passionate about, I think will be a huge benefit in life. Yeah, that's so awesome. So um, I think you have to like look up to someone and uh, be able to learn for, for, from someone when you are passionate about things. Um, when you've become like, you know, you've picked something, what's, what's the first thing you do to kind of like learn more and decide that you're like going to stick with that? Do you look at an example or like? So I think with every single like endeavor that I've, I've gone after, like every passion that I wanted to explore, I've, 
you know, I just go on the internet and I start researching some people that have already done it. And then I like try to see like what they've been doing. So, um, when I wanted to start a podcast, I started listening to all sorts of podcasts and found ones I liked. And then I would reach out to them and see how they got started. Or I would, or some of them had like programs. Like I would, I Googled like how to start a podcast. There's this guy named John Lee Dumas who had a program on how to start a podcast. And so I followed that. And then uh, with basketball, I just like would Google like basketball drills, basketball coaches. And I do like all the online stuff that they gave me. And I think, I think it's important to like, once you decide you want to do something to go and look for a guide and make a plan. Like, I think a lot of people like set a goal and they're like, all right, I hope this happens. And they don't really like make a super good plan to get there. And so I would say, all right, I found this, basketball program i'm going to do these drills every single day and i'm going to lift like every other day or whatever and and i would do that like all the time and um i think it helped me a lot and basketball didn't end up being my thing but i was able to do that for running and i did that for podcasts and youtube as well and it, it made a huge difference for sure how do you uh like remain disciplined i guess when you you've you figured out like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And like, I have a goal. I remember discipline is something that's taken me a while to learn. And uh, you know, I'm 25 now and wait, am I, I thought that's crazy that, that I'm 25. So, um, <laughs> and I feel like I've kind of like gone the hang of discipline now, but you're so young. How did you learn that? so young um yeah like I think discipline has to come like you have to have a big reason to want to be disciplined and so I think that happens when you first sit down and you write down a goal and you start making that plan to achieve that goal and then once you have that plan you can say okay I need to be really disciplined about that plan and so one thing for me has been eating really healthy because as a runner that's super important and I think that's really important to a lot of people and discipline is a lot like running in terms of stamina. Like you only have so much. And I, I've listened to some podcasts about there's just like a whole science behind it, but you only have so much mental stamina every day. So um, if you're looking at junk food all day, by the end of the day, you're going to be eating junk food. Like that's just like how it is. And so I, I live in a house where luckily like I talk to my parents about it and they're like, all right, like we'll do it with you. So um, we, I, instead of like having lots of unhealthy food in the house, we just like don't have very much unhealthy food. And if we do have unhealthy food, I like I'll put it like in a hidden drawer and I'll be like, Hey, like I'll tell my sisters like, Hey, the chips are in there. Like the cookies are in there or whatever, but I won't mm -hmm. put it in my line of sight. So that it's not something that I'm like tempted to eat or whatever. And I think that discipline is in huge part, just creating a plan where it's not that hard to, achieve that discipline and it's something that you have to work out from a stamina perspective as well but also like removing the issue is really helpful and like if you want to um like start running for example like one way to stay disciplined in running every day is to get like a running partner to do it with you um like just an accountability partner and really any goal that you're going towards is is so helpful and it makes it so that you feel a need to do that and you're accountable for it wow that's really cool um, thanks so much for sharing that. I wonder, like, what, you know, I, I think the whole time I'm, I'm listening, like, I, I think of my little brothers, so I have four younger brothers, and we all, I think, my parents have all pushed us to be really motivated, and, um, some of us are just better at being disciplined than others. Do you think, like, 
how much of this is it like innate in you and like what what's your personality type I guess do you think has that helped at all or um I think that I don't think discipline is necessarily something that is born like I think that anybody can develop discipline however I think that it's definitely different in terms of like desire to be like disciplined like some people would rather just eat junk food and enjoy it and I, I think that it's just like a choice and if you're really determined to do something and you're willing to take the steps then I, don't, I think that you can definitely develop that yeah I bet you don't do you have like friends that are around you that are have the similar desires to you like is that hard because I think in high school we think about oh you can eat whatever you want like and your metabolism's high and like that's a lot of like high schoolers mentality is um so are you around those types of people that like it's hard when people have different desires than you you know yeah um I would say most of my life I've been around people who just kind of eat whatever they want because that's how high school is Mm -hmm. but as I've gotten a little bit older and I've, I've, I surround myself with a lot of people that inspire me. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's people that care a lot about what they eat. And, and some people are not like that. Like I have a lot of friends who eat total junk and it's, it's awesome and fine. But, um, I, I think that it's, yeah, I think it's just like, if you care or not, like I have some friends who work out a bunch and, and uh, they don't really care what they eat. And I have other friends who care a lot. And at the end of the day, I don't think it matters a whole lot if my friends are going and eating junk food. I just try to eat before or um, maybe I'll go and cheat for a day. So it kind of just depends, but I wouldn't say it's been a super hard thing through high school. Mm, cool. I think, I don't know. I, I think, I think that's super cool that you've, you've been able to do that. And uh, um. I, I'm wanting to know a little bit more about like uh, you as like a child. Um, are there stories that like your family tells you about yourself that like make you guys all laugh and like you kind of see like, I don't know, just like you see how you were when you were little and how that's like kind of reflected in who you are now? Um, so when I was 10 years old, I mean, I, I've been obsessed my entire life, but especially when I was 10 years old, I would always chant for sesame chicken. Like I loved sesame chicken more than <laughs> anything else in the whole world. So whenever our family would be like, all right, what do we want for dinner? I just start chanting sesame chicken, sesame chicken, sesame chicken. <laughs> so um, because of that, my my brother-in-law and my whole family just always gives me grief for that whenever I like am obsessive about anything. And even like for nationals last year to um, – show like how obsessive I was at that goal and like and to cheer me on they they printed out like a massive banner that basically had like a chicken with me like as like photoshopped as the face and it just said like sesame chicken across (laughs) and so as I'm like warming up for this big national race I just see my head on a chicken it's pretty funny oh that is hilarious (laughs) do you feel like so the obsessive thing has probably helped you in a lot of ways um, in your life. Do you feel like it's also been like hard with different things or do you feel like you've been able to make it all kind of a positive? Oh, it's absolutely been hard. I like it's, it's, it's good. And it's helped me to be high achieving and it's helped me to like achieve a lot of my goals. But I do think that there is a huge disadvantage to being obsessive as well, because it makes me like really anxious about things. And, it can be hard if I'm 
like not doing something I want because I just really, really want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want sesame chicken? <laughs> I want sesame chicken so bad. <laughs> and then, okay. and then it's funny because I haven't, I probably haven't had sesame chicken in like six or seven <laughs> years. So <laughs> that's so funny. Um. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Um. You mentioned before when we've talked before that you have uh, experience have experience with anxiety. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So this has been a super like recent thing for me. I feel like I I've always been good at handling stress. Like I think with an obsessive personality, you're gonna get stressed every once in a while because you care about things. Um, but I'm actually really good about handling stress because I, like, I meditate and I've listened to lots of podcasts on how to deal with stress and like I've read books about it. I feel like it's a skill that I've, I've like almost mastered. Like no one can really master it, but I've done a really good job of managing it. But I feel that anxiety is like a total different animal. And I, about a year and a half ago, I randomly just started getting nauseous all the time and had no idea why. And I like had to take two weeks off before the national race and then I had to take like a long time off after the race and, and running is a huge part of my life. So that was really disappointing for me. And then beyond that, I just didn't feel good like all day. Like I'd go to school and just like want to puke during all of my classes and I just had no idea why and saw like 20 different doctors. I think at the end of the day, it was decided that I had anxiety and that was giving me nausea, which to me, it was weird because I literally wrote a book about how to deal with, like, mental health and, like, I guess not how to deal with mental health, but how to, like, manage your mind. And so getting anxious and, and having the doctor tell me that was, like, crazy. Like, I don't – and, like, I think a lot of people that have anxiety, like, have all these, like, negative thoughts and it leads to anxiety, but I don't have those thoughts. Like, I have negative – or I have anxious feelings but never anxious thoughts which I don't, maybe that doesn't make sense unless you have anxiety, but um, yeah. And so it just has been a big challenge and, and something that I've had to learn how to deal with. And it's definitely been a crazy journey, but I think I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at it. Wow. Bless your heart. Like I can't imagine how frustrating that would be to like have those feelings and not really know where it's coming from. Like that would be so tricky. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah it, no, it's like yeah. the weird. The weird thing about it is that it's it comes without reason. Like I used to think that people that had anxiety were just like not good at managing self talk, and I think that that is definitely true sometimes. But like for me, like I know how to manage my self talk, and it's just like I'll be drawing a picture like for a class, and it's like not stressful. It's like super relaxing and easy. And I just like want to puke all of a sudden and I like feel horrible and it'll last like a day. It'll last like weeks sometimes. And it's, and sometimes it even lasts like a month and it's like horrible. And I, and I don't get like that even like when I should be anxious, like when I have a big race, like today I haven't been anxious all day, but um, it's definitely like crippling. And I think that a lot of teenagers and young adults have to deal with it. And it's, it's a hard thing for sure. And it's like a modern issue that I think, um, we need to get better at dealing with. And I think people are becoming more aware of it, which is good. But um, it's it's definitely a way bigger challenge than I ever expected it would be. Like when people told me like, they had anxiety, I was never really like that sympathetic because I just thought that they were like, um, like they didn't know how to talk to themselves. But it's, it's more than that. So, um, yeah. Wow, holy smokes. So it's given you a ton more empathy. Um, I wonder... 
what are some things that you've realized like help and also what are ways that other people outside you have been able to help? Well, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that's been the hardest part of the whole thing is trying to find ways to make it better. And I think the biggest thing for most people that helps is meditation, like breathing in, breathing out. Like I usually, I try to breathe in four seconds and then I breathe out five seconds through my mouth and through nose out through my mouth. And I just focus on my breath and nothing else. And I do that every single morning. And I do think that helps me. It doesn't get rid of it necessarily, but it helps. And like when I'm having hard times, it helps. And I think one other thing that's really interesting is I used to like try to drown it out by like watching Netflix when I wouldn't feel well. Um, and I saw a therapist and he was like, no, like just, just feel it. Like feel the, feel the anxiety, feel the nausea and like don't try to get rid of it. And so I think that was really helpful. And whenever people ask me like how they can better do it, that that's usually my advice. And it's super counterintuitive and it stinks, but it makes it so that you're not suppressing it and it goes away a lot quicker um, if you just accept it. And a lot of times like it's going to take a while to go away, like in the long run. So instead of hating it, like almost learn to accept it as part of you in a positive way, which is a hard thing to do, but um, you can do that. So that's been really helpful. And then as far as other people helping you, like there's really not a whole lot you can do except for understanding. Like my mom sometimes like she'll like ask me like what I'm doing during the day. And like, I'm a very organized person. So, like I always have a plan set out for my day. But like she'll ask me like what I'm doing and I'm like too anxious to tell her sometimes. Like I'll just be like, I'm, I don't know, like I'm doing stuff. Like, <laughs> and, and I just have had to talk to my mom ahead of time and say like, hey, like sometimes I'm gonna have to be shoot super short and blunt with you. And it's not because I don't love you. It's just that I'm having a hard time that day. And so she understands that. And I have people in my life that I, I talk to about it. Like I don't try to hold it in. I think that's been really helpful. But like all of my friends know that I have like all my really close friends know that I have really bad anxiety and that sometimes I just need them to be understanding of me in terms of just like being there for me. Like, and sometimes like I'll have to say like, I, I feel better if I go over to a friend's house. So if I'm like feeling really sick, I'll just say, okay, like, can I come over and we'll just like hang out for a little bit and it makes me feel like way better. Um, but I think also just like, I wish more people, would see anxiety in the way that I see it now and not the way I saw it before. And what I mean by that is I don't want people to be judgmental of me. Like when I feel that way, like I don't want people to think that I'm a lesser person and that I just am not good at managing myself when I don't feel well. I want them to like see it more as something that just is like more like a disease that you don't really have control of because it, I don't know. You just you don't want to feel like a lesser person for feeling anxious and and nauseous, and I don't feel like you should feel like a lesser person. So mm -hmm. that was something that I had to learn at first, and I had to learn that you're not weak for feeling like that, and you're also not weak for trying to get help and going to see therapists and counselors. And um, I think all of it has been really helpful for me and. I've definitely learned a lot about being compassionate and, and I understand it a lot better now for sure. That everything Sorry, you just said is so answer. awesome. Hopefully that wasn't overbearing. Oh, it was so great. I think, thank <laughs> you thank so you. much for sharing because um, I also have struggled with anxiety and I look back now 
and I realized that I realized that it's kind of been a part of my life for a long time, but it didn't have a name and kind of the same thing. Like, I don't think on the same level, a lot of mine also is like kind of self-talk that I've had to like get better at. But, um, I think like, but it's also just like feelings and you don't know why, like you can't get rid of them. And, and then also like having the feeling like that you are weak because maybe you have anxiety, like, you know, as a society, like you don't want people to know that about you or things like that. I think sometimes that has given me like more anxiety, you know, it's like, why can't I get rid of this? Like, when will it be over? you know, things like that. And so, so I think like, it's really important for us to like, just what you said, like, accept it and feel it. And it's, it's such a good lesson. Because it's the same thing for any hard thing in our lives. Like, um, any hard thing that we're going through, I think we want to cover it up like a bandaid with, you know, Netflix or social media, um, people turn to so many different addictive or different behaviors because they're trying to cover something up that's hard. And it's really hard to push through sometimes, but uh, you know what I'm saying? But you have to like sit there and in the hard stuff and really dig into it and figure it out. And then it's, and then you can like really move forward. Yeah, no, I would, I would say that's probably been the biggest thing for me is just accepting it and, and like what my therapist would tell me is like try to love it, which is like the most horrible thing ever. But like that's like what I'll try to do sometimes. It's like I'll just sit and I'll breathe and I'll feel it fully. And I I like oftentimes like to imagine it as like just me being strength, like me going through hard things, but like being able to get through it in a positive way. Like I'm gonna be a better person for that, and I'm gonna be a stronger person for that. And the other thing is, I hope I didn't make it sound when I was talking about anxiety that having negative self-talk and having anxiety from that like you shouldn't feel guilty for that either like I think that if you can learn to like manage your self-talk and that's never been something that I've had to struggle with but I think that a lot of people do and if you do then like then watch what you're seeing yourself and I've had like a lot of people that are close to me have a really hard time with that like they tell themselves that they're not good enough or they'll tell themselves that they're this and they're that and they define themselves and I think that you can if you just decide to talk to yourself in a positive way like say like I can do this like I am good enough I am this I am that like through affirmations like you used to I used to write down like 10 affirmations every day that were like positive things about myself and I would say that to myself every day every day so I would say for somebody who may have anxiety or any other issue from having negative self-talk just try your best to stop doing that and try to tell yourself positive things because I think that you create who you are based off of what you tell yourself. So maybe, maybe try making that list of 10 things that is positive things about yourself that maybe you had doubts about before. And I think that'll be really helpful. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all that about it. Um, I think it will be really helpful for a lot of people, uh, especially seeing how much you've accomplished and what you do. I think um, other people knowing that like you can do those things and still have like stuff that you struggle with you know totally. I wanted to I, I think that lots of people want to know like um, why uh, you know about the things that you have done that are so unique and so cool um, you started your podcast how old were you when you started that Ooh, I was 14 don't quote me on that but I think about 14 <laughs> so cool so why did you start your podcast? Um, yeah. So 
I think that was the age that I just decided that I wanted to do online school. And when I decided to do online school, it was to work on something that I was passionate about. And entrepreneurship was always something that I was really interested in, but that didn't make a whole lot of sense with me being in sixth grade and have like <laughs> the money to start my own business and didn't have really like any great ideas, but I, I wanted to do something and I love self-help books. Like I'd read a lot of them and this is, this was before I had anxiety. Now I have to go a little bit slower with self-help books, but, mm-hmm. um, but at that time I was obsessive over them and I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn like what makes the best people different. Like why, why is Elliot Kipchoge able to break two hours of the marathon when nobody else in the history of the world has been able to? And why was what like just why are some people successful and why are some people not? And so that's that was the root of why I want to start my podcast. And I loved that I was able to meet so many cool people. And I I think that the quote um, I remember who it's by, but it's just like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. I just really took that to heart and I was like, I want to spend time with people that are just killing it in life. Cause that's like where I want to be. And I don't want to be average. I wanted to be doing what the top 1% are doing. And so I got to interview those people and I just learned so much. And I was also able to share that with other people. And I think it helped a lot of people in their life for sure. That's so awesome. So, um, did you, did you, did people ever like ask you, you have friends in sixth grade, they're like, you have a podcast? Like, were they like, what? <laughs> or did they, were they like, that's so cool? <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was, it was always something that I was like a little bit insecure about because now I have like a YouTube channel and like a YouTube channel that I feel like is cool to have in high school. Like I, I think different things are cool, like when you're in different stages of life, but like to have a YouTube channel to have it like be successful is like a pretty cool thing in high school. But like having a podcast, especially in like middle school, is like yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I was like kind of a weird kid. So I and I was like I was like friends with like all the quote unquote cool kids, and I was like I don't know how they're gonna feel about this. And I like was joining like a basketball team that I was like one of the younger kids on the team, and I just was like this is gonna be bad, but. I just decided that it was something that I cared about and I knew that it wasn't weird in like in my heart. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like I'm just going to do something that I know is cool and the way other people see it, like I'm just going to have to own it and be confident in it. And honestly, it was actually pretty cool because I mostly got like really positive feedback. Like when I thought that people were going to like give me a whole bunch of grief for it and make fun of me people actually thought it was really cool that I was trying to do something that was different and unique and um, like really helpful. And especially I got a little bit of clout when I was saying like the people that I was interviewing, because a lot of them were like Olympians and, and one of them was Jim or Fredette who um, you don't know him. He played in the NBA and was kind of a superstar, but um, I definitely did get a little bit of crap, but for the most part, people respected me for doing that. So cool. Okay, so two questions. How did you get connections to all those amazing people? And then I guess like did you did you just figure it all out and set it all up on your own? But first question, like how did you get connections to those people? So like Jim Fredette, I actually played basketball with all the time because we went to church together and so he wasn't hard because I just was like, Hey Jimmer, like would would love to have you on the podcast and then um for I, I think a lot of it was just like connections through like other people like I knew people who knew people and 
I would be able to interview them because I was like, Hey, I know so-and-so. And they said, you'd be great on the podcast like that, that kind of deal. And then other than that, like I would, I would reach out to people who um, were not like so big on like social media that they wouldn't see my DM, but I'd reach out to people who were like really successful, but didn't put a whole lot of value on social media. So they would like see what I was saying to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I reached out to a ton of people and I didn't get everybody, but because I reached out to a lot of people, I was able to get some people. So, um, no huge secret to that. And then the second question you asked me was how did I start it? And, um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I knew John Lee Dumas had mm-hmm. a course on how to start a podcast and my grandpa actually bought me the course and I think he like said he was buying it for himself, but in reality he was literally just buying it for me. So mm-hmm. I got really lucky and I just did his course. It was called like podcasters paradise. And, um, that's what helped me to start a podcast. Super cool. That's so awesome. Uh, and then is your podcast? Oh, wait, I did want to ask you who your favorite guest was on, oh, on your podcast. favorite guest. Um, I think uh, that's a hard question. It's been a while since I've done it. But I would say that it might have been um, maybe maybe Kyle Merber. Kyle Merber was like the college NCAA um, 1500 meter record holder. And he just was a, an inspiring guy because I felt that he and I were a lot alike. I, I, he's a really good runner. And he also has like a swagger about him that like a lot of runners don't have. And like one of my is Steve Freefane and that's like the biggest thing I like about him is he made this sport of running cool and there's a lot of interesting personalities in the running world um, but there's not like a lot of I, I guess no I guess that's wrong I guess there's not that many interesting personalities in the running world and I wish that there were more interesting personalities in the running world and Kyle Merber is a guy that um, that I thought that I could be like in terms of making the sport of running like a little bit cooler and he was also just like a really inspirational and, and humble guy. So I really liked talking to him and interviewing him. So cool. It's fun when you can find someone that you feel like you really connect with. So that's awesome. Um, so that podcast also, is that what led into your book? Like you wanting to write a book or how did that come about? So it was kind of a mix of two things. So first of all, I was doing the podcast. And while I was making the podcast, I went to an event uh, that Lewis Howes was hosting. And Lewis Howes is a podcaster and is also an author that is incredibly successful. I think he's doing um, an interview or a video with Kevin Hart this week. Like he's a really big name. And before he was big, he came to Colorado, which is where I lived at the time, and was doing a book event. He just launched his first book. He was Uh, like kind of in his like first or second year of doing the whole personal development thing. And I went and there was only a small group there for his book event, but I could feel his energy and it was exactly the energy that I wanted to have. And and the things that he was beginning to achieve was exactly where I wanted to be. He was an athlete, but he was also um, trying to make a difference and help people get, get or achieve goals in their lives and to get a little bit of direction. And I just, I just was like, okay, this dude is my biggest inspiration ever. I want to be just like this guy. And so I was like, okay, like I'm going to write a book. And I read the first couple chapters of his book and he was like, all right, send me a DM on Instagram. Like once you set your goals. And so I sent 
him a DM. I was like, all right, I'm going to write a book by the time I'm 16. And I just started doing crazy research and I read lots more personal development books and decided to put everything from my podcast together and write a book about everything that I learned in the personal development world from all the guests I'd had and from all the books that I'd read and from also all the podcasts I listened to as well because I listened to a lot of podcasts. Wow. And so like, how did, tell me about the process of writing a book. Do you just write on paper in your room or like, what do you, how do you do that? Or you probably type, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I had a buddy that I had on my podcast. His name was Calvin Wayman that had just written a book and um, I went to this personal development event and I met Calvin there and he kind of saw me as somebody that he could mentor. And like a lot of times, like in person development world, people will talk about spending 30% of your time with people that you look up to 30% of the time with people that you are kind of in the same realm with, you're working on the same goals and then 30% of your time with people that you can help. And I think he saw me as like a perfect opportunity to um, fill that last 30% and help me to, to get where he was. And so I called him and I was like, Hey Calvin, how do I write a book? And the way that he told me to do it and that works incredibly well for me is I just got some, I just got a big pad of sticky notes and I wrote down everything that I wanted in my book. Like every story that I felt like I learned something inspirational from every person that inspired me, every good quote I knew, every message that I felt needed to be shared. And at the end I'd filled my entire, like I had a pretty big desk and I filled the whole thing with sticky notes with different ideas and I was like, okay, how can I organize this better into chapters? So then I would take the sticky notes and I'd order them, organize them into categories. And then I would build off of those categories and write a plan for each individual chapter. And then I would just type on Google Docs, chapter by chapter. And um, yeah, and then, I, and then I published through a self-publisher called um, Kindle Direct Publishing. And it actually did really well. I did a book event right when I... Um, where right when I published the book, I did like a really big book event and it went really well and the book sold well. And um, it's definitely been something I'm really glad I did and a cool experience. And, and hopefully I'll write another book in a couple of years. That's so cool. I can't, like, what, what do you think that whole, that whole process like taught you? It taught me that like a lot is achievable, you know, like, like you, when you hear people writing a book, you just kind of think they're like crazy and like, like I had never like thought of it as something that like I could do. And so it was like real, it was a cool moment when I was like, well, like I'm an author and like, I never like really see myself as a writer anyway. And I always think that people that write books are like insanely long winded. And I'm like, how in the world do you even write that much? So it was mm -hmm. really cool for like me to be able to do that, especially like only being 15 writing the book. And um, um, so I think it taught me that like really anything is possible. and um yeah i would i would say that's the main thing and i think it also like made me realize like how many people um were affected by what i was saying like i didn't like a lot of people from the book like would dm me and say like how much it's helped them in their life and i i've seriously gotten like hundreds of those like emails and, and messages about just like people like literally having a change of life because of my book and that's that's something that I'm super grateful for. And I guess when I was doing my podcast, it's kind of harder to see the immediate impact on people's lives because I don't know how it is now, but when I was podcasting, I couldn't really see what people were commenting and saying about them. 
Um, but with the book, I could see like, whoa, like what I've been sharing is like actually making a huge difference in people's lives. So, so neat. I'm so glad that you like had that experience. I think it'll affect the rest of your life for sure. And uh, I'm wondering too, like, what did your parents say at this time? Because when you're this young, like your parents are very influential, right? And they, they usually do a lot for their kids at like this time of life. Like, did they kind of just sit back and like, be like, okay, like we're watching you do all this. It's like, like, I don't know, like a little like prodigy, just like doing all these things or like how involved were they? Um, my parents have always taken the role of like sparking ideas and like helping inspire. But really like once you get in the process, like it's just kind of like me, like they, I, I would say my mom is kind of like the cheerleader leader in the whole process like she's she's really helpful in like getting me to like have ideas like she'll say like oh like you should try this you should try this but but really like she doesn't do any of that like she just encourages me to and I think like it's it's different in certain aspects of life like with my nausea right now she gives me about like legitimately I think I counted like 44 vitamins a day which is like <laughs> insane and I'm only gonna try that for like a week to see if it makes any difference we're just trying to like figure some vitamins maybe gonna make you feel a little bit better but um other than that my mom and my parents both take like a relatively like passive um parenting style like they're there for me and they're supportive but they want me to figure things out and they want my siblings to figure things out on their own, which I, I really appreciate. Like they're not strict or overbearing and um, they just let us do whatever we want to do. So cool. Cause I think lots of parents feel like they have to like, if they want their kids to be successful, they have to be there like kind of just like kick them, kicking them in the butt the whole time. And like, it sounds like with your family, like that's not how it is at all. I think if my mom was like kicking my butt to do things, I wouldn't want to do them. Like I, I think if my mom was pushing me, I, I wouldn't allow her to. Like I have a driven enough personality that it would stress me out. Like if she's like, oh, like go do the dishes. Like I'm like less likely to do the dishes than if she like wouldn't have said anything. Like, and so, and I guess that's kind of a, that's kind of a bad example. But I, I think with um, like a lot of teenagers, like they'll start working on something they're passionate about. And then if their parents become too involved, they like start to become less passionate about it. So I have always preferred my parents to take more of like a really good friend relationship and parenting. And I think it's different for every kid, but for somebody that has a personality that's pretty driven, I think that that's the best way to parent. And um, my parents have always been great about that. It took a, it took a little bit of time in the beginning when they, um, didn't understand that as well as part of my personality. But as we figured it out, it's been um, the perfect thing. And I think that they were kind of like that with my older sister, Savannah, too, who's also really driven. They just they just facilitate and help but never push. So it's great. Really cool. Um, I, I wonder, is that how kind of it's gone with running, too? Learn that, like, tell us a little bit about running and how that's all gone. I started running in sixth grade for basketball. Like that's, that's when I was, I, I would go on like two mile runs twice a week just to stay in shape. And I figured out I was really good at it. And I would go home and tell my dad what times I'd run. And I could always tell that he like didn't really believe me. And I would send my times to my coach. 
and my coach didn't believe me either like he was like okay like send me legit times and I was like no that's what I read <laughs> and so um and I think that I just started liking the sport then but I don't think my parents had ever once told me like hey you need to eat healthier or you need to go on a run like I, I really don't think they've ever said that to me um if anything they're like you need to eat some junk food like relax a little bit like <laughs> But um, one way that they have been really helpful is they, um, they're they always making opportunities. Like if we are going on a family vacation, like they understand that I need to be able to run. And so they'll create opportunities for me to do that in a day. And um, they support me. Like they're, they come to all my races. We're in California right now. And they flew to California to come watch me race. And they'll bike by me if I don't have a partner to run with. And so um, that's always been really helpful just to have them there for me. Wow, they sound awesome. Super cool. Um, They're great. Oh, what was I going to ask you about? Oh, yeah. So just uh, what are some of your like biggest accomplishments with running that you're really proud of that you've done? So this is always a hard question for me because like I feel like I've been able to do some cool things in sport, but I feel like every accomplishment I have is um like not a great representation because I've been injured so much like Mm. um but so I ran my sophomore year was the last time I had a healthy track season uh because of track season getting canceled for corona and me being injured last year but I was able to run 409 and then which was the fastest sophomore time in the country and um Today, I'm trying to break four in the mile, which only 10 high scores have ever done in history. So that'd be pretty cool if I was able to do that. And then um, in cross country, I took fifth at nationals as a junior, uh, which was kind of cool. And hopefully we'll have some other cool accomplishments in the future at BYU and, and later today. So, yeah. That's so neat. I think I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about like the injuries that you've like gone through. I think that's such a tough thing for athletes. And I think so many go through injuries and like, they just like are constantly, you know, like pushing to be healthy so that they can do what they love. Like, what would you say to them? Give advice or to people that like want to do something and they feel like they have something impeding them that they can't control. Question because I feel like, there's not like any easy answers for that. Like, I think that I seriously had to compliment, like contemplate that question for months and, or even honestly, like a year I had to contemplate that question. And it just, it was hard for me. Like being injured is really freaking hard. And like, especially like if you're somebody who is really driven and just like really wants to achieve something just to have it like taken away from you and you have no control over it's tough. But I think that it taught me a lesson that I could have never learned without it. So when I, when I first got injured, I was at a school that was, was kind of known for being a running school. They weren't great at football. They were okay at basketball, but they really, really valued running, which is, which is pretty atypical. And so um, I, I kind of felt like the king a little bit there because I, like a lot of people respected me for, for running well and they understood what I was doing. And um then I transferred schools to Corner Canyon, who has like the third best football team in the country. They'd won state in basketball that year, and no one really cared about cross country. And uh, and even the ones that did, like they didn't really have much respect for me because I wasn't running; I was injured. So I went from being a well-known person that was very respected at my other school, and I'm I'm uh, I'm sure that that wasn't the opinion of everybody, but a lot of people thought that, which was cool. And then 
I went to another school where like no one really knew who I was and, and like no one saw me as a good runner. Like I just was like a normal guy. And I thought that because of that, and I didn't know if I was ever going to be healthy for running again, I thought that I had lost my value and it was hard because I, I lost value in like my sight as well. Like I didn't think that I was as special of a person because I wasn't doing anything that was like above average. And that time taught me that no one really cared that I was a good runner. Like it's a fun thing for them to like cheer me on and for them to be a part of, but no one like, like at the end of the day, like no one cares if I run the fastest time in the country or if I'm um, the seventh man on the team. Like I think what they, and like they'll get excited for me when I do that, but that lasts like a day or two. And I think what really matters is the person that you become and trying to achieve those goals. Like when I got injured, I didn't change as a person at all. Like what I was capable of definitely changed, but I was still somebody that was driven and I was still somebody that worked really hard at things and that had um, like a decently good personality in my opinion. (laughs) But, and like, that's what, that's what people care about. Like no, none of your friends are like not going to be friends with you because you achieved a certain thing. And if they are, they're a second friend. So I think like the biggest thing that I learned is that your value isn't derived from any accomplishment that you'll ever have. And the the journey of becoming that person is really, really important. And it also taught me just to like, like to be really humble and like recognize that you like, sometimes you're just not going to be able to accomplish some things. Like you need some things to go the right way. And I think that and running, that's like especially true because you can just get injured and it can be taken away right away and I think it made me realize like how blessed I was to be able to have like good health for so long and and even like now like I'm really grateful for the natural talent that I do have and not everybody has that and so um, I would say it was like one of the biggest learning experiences in my entire life and for people that are going through injury just hang in there recognize that you don't you haven't changed as a person and um it doesn't matter if you come back full strength or not. Like, just, just do your best and you'll be all right. Oh, my God. I can't believe everything you said was so, so good. I think, and the thing is, is, like, I feel like that applies to, like, even my life right now. Um, I'm not injured and I'm not an athlete right now. But, like, it applies in, like, things that I think that, like, will make me more valuable, um, whether it's as a person or as a podcaster or online, if that's taken away from me or I don't have it and I feel like it kind of devalues, like it could devalue me as a person. But this literally could apply to anyone. But really what it comes down to is like you said, like how you, like who you are and how you feel about like yourself. And like, I think at one point in someone's life or whatever, like I feel like they're going to be stripped of something that is really what they think like defined them. And I think that's when it really comes down to like, it makes you think like, okay, like who am I? And like, what is my relationship with myself and with like maybe God and like how, does that make sense? Like, and then you've, I don't know. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Totally. I'm glad you brought that up. That made me realize something too. Like, I think like I I talked about how like at the end of the day, it's like you have a good personality and like that's what gets you through. And it's not even, it's not even really about personality. It's I think, how you make people feel at the end of the day. And if you are making people feel special and appreciated, um, then, then you're going to have good friends. You're going to have a good life. And 
I think that's that's super important. But I'm glad you related that because I think it does apply in everything in life, not just as an athlete. Yeah. Okay. So if like if like the things that are important to us, like you know, that's not really the most important thing. You know, um, why why do you think we achieve? So like you're going out to run, and like what is your mindset right now about running and achieving? If you know it can be taken away from you, you know, like what? Um, yeah, that's a that's a hard answer. Like it's it's not it's I feel like that's not easy to like say that there's um, a great answer for that. But I think that for me, like running is something that I love doing. Like I love working towards something, and running has opened up a lot of cool opportunities for me for sure. Like I don't have to pay for a whole lot of college, which is nice. And I like have gotten to meet a lot of really inspirational and like driven people through the sport. And so that's something I love about it, but also like just having something. And like, I think you'll agree like doing with your podcast is like having something that you're working really hard at and like making yourself better as a person because of it is super rewarding. And even though it can be like really painful, it feels good to just be passionate and be working hard at something. Yeah. I definitely think that like, as human beings, we were made to like create things and like work hard and achieve things and, or, you know, things like that. So I think it makes us feel happy, which is what we want, (laughs) you know? Totally. And like, I guess as far as achieving, I guess as far as like achieving the goal goes, because I didn't directly answer that question is like, if I break four in a mile today it opens up a lot of new opportunities like my youtube will get a lot more traction which will help me to inspire a lot more people and it also help me to money to keep making videos and um and like i'll get a better scholarship like there's a lot of things that come from running a four minute mile today including like also like confidence as well but at the end of the day like if it doesn't happen i still have the journey that was a way bigger part of it so of course there's drive to achieve but there's also drive to um there's also drive for the journey and getting there so i hope that answers the question a little bit better oh so good thank you so much um i have to i went to um my cousin was really involved in track like in high school she was really good i went to her state uh competition in idaho because i'm from idaho and um that was in boise and we saw a high schooler i remember everyone like talking about he had a scholarship to yale and he did, I think it was the two mile, um, and he, no, it was a mile, and he broke um, under four minutes, and, like, we were all there in the stand. Did he really? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But I remember watching him, and, like, he was flying. It was absolutely insane. Like, I had never felt that much, like, just, like, adrenaline watching someone on a track, so uh, it was so cool. So I imagine you doing that, and I'm really excited for you. I think it'll be really neat. Me too. I'm a little bit excited and a little bit scared because it's going to hurt a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've got that all figured out, like, in your head. Like, I'm right. You probably do, like, meditations and all that to kind of prep yourself. Oh, yeah. Like, I would say for the past month, I've been, like, meditating every day and also just, like, visualizing it every day. Mm -hmm. I've got the game plan laid out. Awesome. Super cool. Okay. So I think we'll kind of start wrapping up, but, um, I just wanted, I know there's a lot of young people that, that look up to you. I I just wanted like, and I know that there's also a bunch of traps in high school that young people can get into. 
like what advice would you give to people your age or people um, going through high school that want to achieve, but it kind of falls hard, you know? Well, okay, so for the first trap, I would say that is, is a little bit cliche, but it's something that took me a long time to like fully appreciate is like, is like be really careful with who you choose as your friends. And like, um, and I think that the best way to discover that is find people that are like happy for you. Like when you achieve something, like find people that genuinely care about you. And I think that a lot of times I would look for like the most fun kids in high school because I've been at three different high schools and, and it's fun to be friends with everybody. But I would say at the end of the day, like make your best friends, maybe not like don't choose it based off like who's the most fun, but like who actually cares about you and, and who um, do you, do you enjoy spending time with but also that will like cheer you on through the journey. And so I think that's really, really important. And uh, the other piece of advice I would say for high schoolers is to write down your goals. Like it's, it's a pretty simple thing that makes a massive difference. Like they did a study on Harvard graduates and the ones that wrote down their goals versus the ones who had goals that didn't write them down or the ones who didn't have goals at all. Um, the ones with written down goals made like 10 times more money than the other group combined, even though it was a much smaller number. So writing down your goals is huge, helps you get some direction. Um, so yeah, I would say that's my, my biggest piece of advice. Super cool. Um, thank you so much. I, I, I really hope that a lot of like young people listen to this because I think you're, sometimes people are too old to like fill, um, does that make sense? Like, I think you were able to like relate it back to you and like apply it into your life. But some people think like, I'll do that later, you know, and I hope that they can look to you and say like, I can do things now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Um, so just as a few final questions, uh, what's something that you hope people remember about you? I, I touched on this earlier in the podcast, but I hope people remember me in a way that I made feel other, like I made other people feel good about themselves. Like I, I hope to achieve a lot of cool things in running and I like hope that people remember that. But at the end of the day, like that doesn't really matter. Like I hope that people saw me as somebody who like brightened up their day a little bit and made them um, feel good. Awesome. Um, what do you look forward to in the future? I'm looking forward to running in the fall at, at BYU and, and hoping to win a national title there with the team and hoping to run individually well. And um, I'm looking forward to just meeting a lot of new people, making new friends and starting classes there. So cool. I'm so excited for you. Maybe I'll be able to come watch you. I'll get with Savannah. And I would love to come see you run. Yeah, yeah those, those meets are fun. Yeah, sweet. Um, and then last question what do you want to do like be someday like i bet people are like oh ethan's gonna accomplish a lot like what's like a career you have your mind on or different things um yeah i mean it's that's like kind of a hard question for me like because i'm somebody that's so planned except for i don't know exactly what i want to do so it's been a weird thing just trying to visualize something that's not fully there yet but mm -hmm. i want to um I want to be an entrepreneur. That's like the long-term goal. I would love if I had to put like one thing, I would say I want to be a professional runner who's also like making YouTube videos kind of for fun, but also making good money off of it. And then maybe doing something else um, with entrepreneurship as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to major in at BYU. I just, I just want to be doing something that I love and, and um, do a really good job of it.
Oh man, thank you so much for like everything that you've shared. I, I'm so excited for you and like excited to watch you and keep being inspired by you. Um, if people like want to support you and like there's a bunch of ways they can do it, what are some ways that, that people could support you? Oh, yeah, definitely. So my Instagram is Easton Creed All Red and then my YouTube channel is Easton Creed All Red as well. So if you want to go uh, watch some videos on there or just keep following me on Instagram and see what's going on in my life and that, that'd be the way to do it but yeah thanks for having me on the podcast it's been great getting to know you a little better and, and being able to talk to you about some of this stuff you're a great interviewer oh thank you thanks so much that means a lot coming from you thank you so much Easton good luck today we'll be cheering for you and uh I'm really excited for this episode to come out yeah <laughs> this is Easton Allred with another way to live Guys, thank you so much again for listening to this episode. I hope you loved it. I have listened to it a, a few times since um, recording it just for editing and then just listening to it again, actually, and it was so neat. I hope that you can go back and listen to it again if you want to. I hope you can share it with your friends. Um, I really want more people to get a hold of this podcast, so if you're liking it, please um, a really good way to share it is just screenshot, um, screenshot like my uh, podcast when you're listening to it and then share it on your Instagram story, on your Facebook story, I don't know, wherever you want to and it would just really mean a lot to me. Um, I'm so, so grateful for you guys. This is like my dream. I'm so glad that I get to do this and it's seriously one of my, it's just the best thing ever. So thank you so much for being along for the ride and I uh, hope you all have a great day.